Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, I am off to Kenya, Africa to meet Anne Anyango. Now, Anne is doing something that is probably... It is one of the most inspirational things I have ever heard of in my life. Anne has clubfoot. She's an adult. Now, two of those things are pretty amazing. That clubfoot is still around. That having clubfoot as an adult is possible when most children have clubfoot corrected at a young age. That's only part of the story. Because Anne is also a cobbler. And what does she do? She makes special shoes for adults with club feet. It is an inspirational conversation that will leave you on the edge of your seat from beginning to end. As I said, I am off to Kenya, Africa to meet Anne Anyango, and I'm so glad you've joined us. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Anne Anyango is joining me from beautiful Kenya, Africa. One thing I love about this podcast is any given day, I am talking to a Rotarian anywhere in the world. So like I said, today it is Kenya, Africa, and I'm talking to Anne about something that I don't know a lot about, and I'm super excited to learn, and that is the debilitating condition of Clubfoot. Anne is a member of the World Disability Rotary Group. She is a proud Rotarian and she also has Clubfoot. And so we're going to talk about adults that have it, kids that have it, and how Rotary is working every single day to not only tell people about this, somebody who's naive like myself, but to help the world get rid of it. And I guess that's a very optimistic thing, but let's find out. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's so wonderful for you to join me. Thank you, Gwen. I appreciate. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for joining me at night. For those who are listening to us, it is early in the morning here in Washington State. It is 9 a.m., but Anne is ending her day. It is seven o'clock at night. So, uh, Thank you for the time change and uh, joining me. Let's let's start off with the very first question. What is Clubfoot? Oh, Gwen, how am I supposed to explain this? Um, you see the way a penguin walks? Mm. Okay. The, penguin, the way the penguin walks, that's how most of us who have Clubfoot and our adults walk. So Clubfoot is a physical disability on the foot. And the foot is usually carved towards the inside. So most of the time you step on the side of the foot. There are those ah. who really have severe club foot and they step using the ankle of their feet. So like, for example, myself, mine was, is not so severe because I had four surgeries for correction, but my tissues were really short. So they couldn't continue with the surgery. So it, my foot is carved like, toward, like a letter C, and then okay. I waddle like a penguin. Oh, but I'm sure you're a beautiful penguin. I love penguins. Yes, I am a beautiful penguin, <laughs> like the penguins of Madagascar. There you go. Well, is it, and like I said, I'm very naive about what it, is it 
and a, a bacterial thing? Is it a birth thing? Where does where does clubfoot come from? You're actually born with it. And okay. um, for me, I found out after doing a bit of research that clubfoot has no single source. Like there is no distinct um, um, research that says clubfoot is caused by smoking or clubfoot is caused by um, bacteria. A particular drug or a bacteria. Okay. All right. So like for me in our family, clubfoot is hereditary. So we have me, we have my dad, we have an uncle, and my grandfather too had clubfoot. Um, Research says um, smoking uh, also brings clubfoot. Other research uh, tends to say that the space in the mother's womb also contributes to clubfoot. So there is no particular um, research that says this is the specific cause of clubfoot. Like let's say, like HIV and AIDS, the way they uh, put a distinction that this is the cause of HIV and AIDS. Right. Yeah. So don't do this if you don't. I mean, we've we've all gone through and are still arguably going through COVID and there was distinct ways to get COVID and there was distinct ways to not get COVID, you know, besides the vaccine, you know, but so, so is there now a cure for clubfoot? Yes. The children who are born uh, with clubfoot have a method for cure. The method is called Ponseti. So Ponseti is used to actually straighten the feet. There is a casting done on the child's foot for some bit of time. And then there is something called boots and braces. Basically, it depends progressively with each child. So it's different. But most children by the age of two are actually walking straight because their tissues are tender. So as they stretch the tissues and the muscles, they tend to become straight. And after that, they are able to walk well. Hmm. So it it can't stop from happening. In other words, a child can be born with it, but a child can then be helped live a quote-unquote normal life. Is that that pretty safe to say? Okay. Yes. And so what's fascinating then is... This is not just an Africa problem. How come I how come the continent of Africa still has clubfoot and I and I'm hearing about it? I don't hear about it in North America. Is clubfoot still worldwide or is it just specifically in certain areas? Okay. Clubfoot in children is common worldwide and really? their methods of correction, yes. Uh, for those of us who were born like earlier before the Ponseti method started, because the Ponseti method started in the late 90s, we didn't get correction. Another challenging thing why in Africa we still have children or adults who are growing up with clubfoot is because there is still the stigma of the stigma projected towards mothers who have children with disabilities. Normally, disability is associated with a curse in the African norms or in the African tradition. 
So you will find a mother hiding the child instead of taking the child to a medical center to get help because currently clubfoot is corrected. Actually, it's almost 99% success. Wow. So, you know, this is this cultural thing, and I and I think it's really important for our listeners to understand this, is that we talked to, uh, a couple months ago, we talked to a, a Rotarian that does, uh, in India, in a part of India, that does prosthetic limbs, but especially yeah. for the left hand, because yeah. in that part of the world, the left hand is, um, quote unquote, the dirty hand. It's mm-hmm. used to, you know, among other things, you know, to wipe and to do all kinds of stuff. And that if you wanted to shake somebody's hand or if you wanted to greet somebody, it was always done with the right hand. Right. So, okay. so what he, so, but through accidents, people have lost this right hand or the clean hand. I'm sorry. I think I said at the beginning of this, that they had lost their left, they lost their right hand. So the only hand that they had to function with as a human being would be their left hand. And culturally that is the dirty hand, which caused them not to have jobs or not to be able to be a quote unquote asset to society. So it was very interesting that that whole foundation of that particular circumstance was because of a cultural thing. So is clubfoot causing a problem in your country of Kenya because of a cultural thing? I mean, is that is I find it very interesting that it's like a, a, a the woman, the mother is blamed for the clubfoot that culturally. Yes, it is cultural. Still, but stigma that is directed to the woman is you will always find the men having an argument that in our family, we do not have disabled people. So the men tend to run away from the women. And because this woman has to fend for the child and uh, take care of the household, she then definitely locks the child in the house. So the child misses therapy. And that's how we get incidences of even still up till today, 14, 15 year olds who have not gotten club foot cure, yet there is a method to correct it. That's since the 90s, you said. So yes, Ponseri started around the uh, the late 90s because I was born before then. So you find people in my age group, like let's say the um, from around 54 years old to 35 year old, they do not have proper feet. The surgeries or whatever method was used to try and correct the club foot didn't work out on them. Some have neglected club foot, so their feet are totally carved and they have to walk using extra support like crutches, or walking sticks. So what I think is fascinating today. So thank you. Thank you so much for explaining what Clubfoot is and I and and the mystery of it. And I guess the the cultural impact it has. But specifically, I guess we're t- we're here to talk today 
not only about clubfoot and hitting children, but this last thing you mentioned, which is how clubfoot is so affecting um, adults and how we can help adults. So tell us a little bit more about your program in actually helping adults with clubfoot. So for me, I noted when I was going to college, my foot had grown a little bit. So I wasn't able to like get um, proper fitting shoe because I have one big foot and one small foot. So Uh. my right foot is the smaller one. The left foot is sort of the bigger one. So buying two pairs of shoes is kind of complicated. And um, well, I don't. I, I would say I would say that's a worldwide problem. I mean, it compli- So you would have to literally buy two pairs of shoes and only use one shoe one of, them. of yes, each pair. Each. Yeah. And how much smaller was your smaller foot than your than your regular size foot? Was it just a size or two, or was it actually it's just a half a size because okay. the. The right foot is a bit slimmer. The left foot is a bit plump. Plump. That's a, I like that word. I'm plump. <laughs> plump is a good yeah. word. <laughs> so, so, so in your case, yes. I should say it's only, I mean, that's air quotes for only a half an inch, but yes. that is, that you, you can't, so you, nobody could sell you just one shoe is your point. Okay. Now the fitting for it's either I buy an extra large shoe or a smaller shoe. shoe. So Mm -hmm. I could not buy a smaller shoe every time. So I needed to buy the bigger shoe so that the small one, the one on the right leg is modified. So the modification also was a bit of a cost. So I started thinking how comes I'm so different? Because every time I walked into a shoe shop to buy shoes, to take them for modification, before I, you know, when you walk into a shoe shop, you fit a shoe and then you walk out with a shoe. So for me, I would ask for the bigger size. And every time um, when the fitting person comes, they would really stare at my feet. That would really make me Mm. very uncomfortable. And I thought to myself, Am I the only one who has this kind of disability? Why am I getting stares? Is it normal to just, is it not normal to just have one big foot and one small foot? And then the other thing was, I was very aware of the scars from the stitching mark on my feet. Mm-hmm. And I would find it very uncomfortable for someone to touch my feet when they were trying to do the fitting. So as I did my research and reaching out on social media at a point in time, not everybody is on social media. So I tried to find my kind and I got one, two, three, 10, 15 fellows. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And each one of them had the same challenge. They were uncomfortable going into a shoe shop to go and get a shoe. They would either send someone to get them a bigger size of shoe and they would walk to a cobbler to get it modified. Sometimes the modification doesn't work out well because our feet are very sensitive. So an already made shoe doesn't have the desired kind of padding that I would need. 
So you find the cobbler needs to undo the entire shoe, do a padding, and then fix it back. So sometimes the shoe comes back to be extra small from the size you had expected. Um, so then I started the organ. I registered the organization and started. And then there were a few members. And I was like, hey, you guys, why don't we start making shoes for ourselves at a lower margin? Because for you to get the orthopedic boots, it was costing us about 75 to, on average, let me say $80. Okay. Then um, what would happen whenever you would go for the shoe fitting? Um, yes, there is a public hospital that does the orthopedic boots, but they're very exorbitant. So they would look at the curvature of your foot. And if your foot is really curved, they would overcharge you. So I kept getting complaints and getting complaints. And then I was like, yeah, there's a loophole. Those people, uh, uh, Market X is charging $80. If I did my own research and charged maybe $40, wouldn't that be good? Or if I did my own research and got each and every person a free pair so that they can go to work, wouldn't I be doing a beautiful job? Because even for me to go to work without the boots is a problem. I cannot move without those boots because the normal shoes, I have to like adjust the inside and the sole too. And it's lots of chiseling and chipping here and there to just make the shoe comfortable. So I thought to myself, why not? Let's start giving. Let's start, let's start, let me start making boots. So I learned how to make boots. And then one day I just had an outburst. Everybody wanted boots and wanted boots free. And I was like, okay. Well, I mean, come on. I mean. Where am I getting the money to give you free boots? Exactly. I mean, you yes. are, you're, a, you're a, a, a victim of your own success and beautiful thinking, I guess, right? Yes. Yes. So. So there's there was a lot a lot in that story that I want to ask you about. So one, the exorbitant prices from person to person to person that that will put in a box because I believe yeah. you and I think it's just that's just something that is just a shame. But you mentioned very quickly that you quote make these boots. So what kind of boot are we talking about? Are we talking like a shoe boot or are we talking about a boot? Like if you break your ankle or something, that's very like almost like a cast kind of boot. What is, what are these boots look like? They just look like normal boots. The only thing is because we have, some have really wide feet. Gotcha. Some have really uh, their feet ha are really curved. So mm -hmm. what I do is for the really curved feet, we put extra padding. Um, I can describe the padding in terms of like the heat socks. Okay. So we put padding because the person's ankle sometimes breathes. So when he or she wears the shoe, the shoe definitely falls to form. So also the flexibility of the sole is a key thing while making the boots because not, not every 
boot will have a complete sole. Some people's feet are really short, really, really short, like um, like size two, I think. Yeah. And those because are the ones that are always are... walking on their ankle when you're talking yes. about. So yes. they don't need a full length boot. No, they, they don't need a, a full a length half boot, yes. kind of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, it's sort of like a custom made shoe to actually fit that leg A and leg B. So it, they vary because shoe A will look a little bit different from shoe B, but they are all comfortable on both feet without a fuss. So you've so you've turned into a, a a cobbler as we call them. You, so you you basically you make boots. Now then you went then you went one step further, and the word got out, as you said, that you are making yes. these boots. So I guess it and and you're giving them away. Is that true? Okay. Um, basically, if you look at Kenya. Um, Employability for people with disability is quite low in the formal right. jobs. And in the informal jobs, um, we can't cope because like for me, if I stand for one hour, I think um, I'll be so done. That's done for the day. So like a person okay. with club foot, he or she cannot uh, work in a construction site. We cannot paint. We cannot climb uh, rooftops. We can't do like the simple, let me say in a construction, constructing a house you know those are the kind of jobs that are available here then we cannot work in sales and marketing like for example uh in kenya sales and marketing needs you to like walk around here and there it's not yes there is a, a part where sales and marketing is advertising and all that but for you to reach the consumer you have to do a bit of legwork so there are certain jobs as people with club foot we cannot do them and right. the job absorption in the formal sector is quite low. Gotcha. So there's discrimination in terms of what work you can do because of your disability. Because even before you, uh, even before you, by the time you walk into the interview room, there's already a they've judgment. seen your foot. They've yes, looked they've down. Yeah. Yes, they've looked down, and you can also just see by the facial reaction. I'm not getting this job. I'm just here for formality, no right. matter the qualification. So the reason as to why I am doing the boot is because I want each and every person, because most of them are adults, and they need to work. So without the boot, they cannot work. So I do the boot to enable them get an income. Because if I don't do the boot, then they'll be at my doorstep again telling me, Anne, I didn't eat yesterday. My child is unwell. Um, I have this kind of problem. So if the boot can so, uh, solve the problem of movement, that he or she can go and do some work, even for a few hours, I would rather give him the assistive device than give him money each and every day because, in fact, I wouldn't even manage because there are hundreds of them. And uh, everybody likes free things. So <laughs> basically, the empowerment to have the boot on the foot comfortably empowers them to go and work for themselves. Well, and and I guess, I mean, you know, we're 
were non-religious in Rotary. However, I do believe it says in the Bible something about uh, giving a man a fish, you feed them for a day, and teaching a man to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. So I think what you're saying is, is that you're making these boots, you're giving these boots away, but on the other hand, go out there and take these boots and I guess the expression, pick yourself up by your bootstraps would come into effect here because of, again, getting back to the cultural side of things that to make a living um, in Kenya to feed your family means you need to walk around. So it, so how much, when you have one of your boots on, you say, you say after an hour, you're, you're pretty tired with these boots on as an adult, does it lengthen that amount of time? Can you, with your boots on, can you be on your feet for two, three hours? Or some can some people? Um, okay. My curve is not so severe, but I've seen right. pretty much severe curves. But I cannot be on my feet for more than an hour. Okay. The thing is, the boot just offers comfort and it also offers a sense of heat. Because sometimes our feet get warm. really cold. Yes, yeah. They're warm. Yes. So the padding um, protects us from the cold. And also for those who have scars or stitching marks and all that, so that's also a covering. They don't get bruises and all that. So it sounds like there really is, there's, there's the club foot itself, which is a, a, an, an awful thing, but then there's the layer of taking care of your family, which is something that is very important. And then you add on top of that, the stigma of it itself and the cultural areas of, of going on. I mean, it's, I had no idea, Anne. I really, I really didn't. So you're making these boots. I guess my next question would be, are you going to teach others to make this make these boots? Is this perhaps a, 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 a expansion of a project that could turn into, you know, teaching others and a whole industry of making these boots specifically for adults? Okay. Yes, currently we have taught about 12 people. And um, we take turns to work. Um, Two people every different day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, always someone working differently because we currently have just one sewing machine. So we are hoping we'll be able to get another one in due time. Uh, My aim basically is for also them to learn the shoemaking process so that they can also go out and make for other people's shoes. Because basically, the shoemaking process is just the same. The only difference for us people with clubfoot is the padding, uh, the chiseling of the sole, because the stitching is the same. Okay. The building is the same. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you're a, an entrepreneur. Is that? <laughs> Not yet, because uh, everybody still wants a free boot. 
well, I, I'm an entrepreneur too. And I'll, I'll tell you that, that even what I do, people want it for free, but it's not nearly yes. as needed as yours is. So then I would be at a miss if, you know, obviously this takes money and time. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about who has supported you in, in making this happen? How did, how did this club foot shoemaking enterprise, how did it start? Did you get help? Yes, I did get help from Bedford, Rotary Bedford, um, through the World Disability Advocacy Club. I was introduced to a person in Bedford, Rotary, and he's the one who helped me to fundraise for the sewing machine. Initially, I was making the boots just using my hands, just sewing with my hands. Or sometimes I would go to a cobbler and who has a machine, request them to make the shoe. And he would charge me some money for mm -hmm. just the sewing and all that. So through the Rotary of Bedford, we have gotten a machine that is helping ease the workload. The only thing is we are so many of us who have been trained and we would like to have an extra machine and have more people working because as I look at it, it is a business that can grow mm -hmm. into making shoes for people with special feet. Basically, we, we don't have to just make shoes for people with club foot. There are those who are people of the short stature. I also know they have a problem with shoes um, because they're of their sizes. So hopefully with growth, we should be able to work on more shoes for people with special feet. I love that you use the word special feet. And, and I know, and I know that you're saying it, you know, because they have specific needs, but there is something lovely about whether it's club foot, whether it's a smaller foot, you're yeah. making shoes for people with special feet, like yours, like, like others, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I see a name of a company right there. My dear Anne, I think we need to call it special feet. Definitely. I love it. Hey, thank you. Thank you for sharing me. <laughs> so what I would like to know is then, and and, and yeah. I know I'll 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 ask you for this information, but I'm sure there's people out there that are listening that are saying, you know, this is a Rotarian, this is a Rotarian that she saw a need and she met it. But you're doing this all with one sewing machine. How much is this? I mean, I think of a sewing machine. Is this a regular type of sewing machine or is it a special sewing machine for shoes? It's more of an industrial machine that can seal leather. That can seal leather. Okay. Yes. And if, and so how much is one of, one of those type of machines cost? Cause I know I already have somebody who's wanting to know that question. How much does a new sewing machine like that cost? Roughly. Okay. 90,000 in Kenya shillings should be about, um, wow. The dollar is at how much? The dollar oh, is gosh. at 120. So it's about, so, so 90,000, 90,000 Kenyan, Kenya shillings. Shillings. So shillings. Okay. That should translate to maybe 
if I'm not wrong, eight hundred. So about eight hundred, eight hundred to nine hundred dollars, roughly. Yes, thereabouts. Okay, because it goes through leather. Well, yes. listeners, I'm just saying <laughs> for free shoes. So, so because I guess in a in a perfect world to have maybe. Like if you had a dream, what would we would you have like a building with maybe four or five of these machines and making shoes? I mean, is that I mean, what is what is your goal? What is your dream for these for these for adults with special feet? My dream for adults with special feet is that we make our feet happy always. One, Mm. to be proud of our feet, two, to have comfort footwear. Because for me to get to this point to talk about my feet, it has been a journey. I also want them to be in that space that they can talk about their feet, they can show off their feet, they can do photography of their feet. But most importantly, they can also have choices of footwear. Because um, I make one shoe that lasts you through the year, but hey, I'm a lady, I want a yellow pair of shoes, I want a red pair of shoes, I want a green pair of shoes, I need something matching with my dress. So my intent with Clubfoot is to have a factory where we could make shoes, custom-made shoes in the shortest time possible for people with Clubfoot and any other person who has a special foot. I love that special foot. I'm telling you, that's the name of the podcast, Special Foot. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's your dream. So it it sounds like, you know, to have a building with these shoes. And and, and, because I think you're you're magnificent, Anne. I really do. Thank you. The whole idea idea that you're talking about human dignity. And I think in in the world of rotary, when we talk about human dignity, we're good at wells. We do a fabulous amount of wells. We do a fabulous amount of bathrooms and washing of hands and everything. But human dignity, when it's uh, crossed with uh, cultural stigma, is is yeah. really something, you know, to be it's almost that extra step. I mean, yeah. So, so you are a proud Rotarian and I'm, I'm happy yes, to hear that has, has Rotary locally helped you with any of this? Um, I have not got through to Rotary local because Rotary local, the two Rotaries that I have engaged in are focusing on the children and they had already set out their um, agendas. So, it's a bit difficult to get them to change cause of action to support the adult. And even in the autistic space, even in the intellectual disabilities, most organizations are geared towards the children. So I ask myself, what happens to this person who becomes an adult? So my focus now became adult. Because even as adults, we need care. Even you, Gwen, I'm pretty sure you need a bit of care. Of course, yeah. Yes. So, I one, you you put a lump in my throat. That's it's beautiful to say <laughs> that we do do that. I mean, we spend, 
a lot of time and energy on it's it's like somehow you you reach a magical age and you're not nearly the the important anymore you know it's like you get to be a teenager or you get to be and all of charity organizations including rotary spends a lot of time you know we're we're recording this during uh, the month of october and you know october 24th is world polio day which means a lot of drops into a lot of kids mouths but which is amazing and lovely and fabulous but and fabulous yes yeah but we also have adults all over the world that are polio survivors and what are we doing to make sure that their lives are okay and their lives are taken care of and i think that's a really strong and important part to add on to this podcast that you're doing this amazing thing, but you're really concentrating on adults. And I, and I, I think that's, that's really admirable. And do you, you said this is genetic. So do you think that maybe making this awareness of adults will then make them proud enough that if they have a child that then has club foot, that they could go get that child treated. Is that kind of a, a, a spinoff of what you're talking about? That if you make these adults proud or at least self-aware of the beauty of their special feet, that if they have a child that also has special feet, they will go get that child taken care of and then stop this cycle. Is that kind of a idea of where you're trying to go? Yes, that's the direction I'm trying to go because stigma lowers your self-confidence as a person. Uh, it could be stigma in the workplace, it could be stigma in your environment, in the family. So if I, as Anne, can speak out about that stigma and come out as an example, then they, the adults who have children, the mothers who are keeping children in the houses, will definitely come out because as I make this awareness, I will also put information of where they can get therapy for their children, which is most important because I pretty much am sure one of the lacks is information. And if that information kept circulating day and night, and it's something they're hearing, it's something that is said to them. It's something they are encouraged about. They would definitely walk out confidently and take their kids for therapy. Wow. And I have had such a wonderful time talking to you today. And I know it's it's getting late in the evening. Time for dinner on your end. So uh, how can we help you? I mean, I would be, I, I, I'm sure everybody's fascinated by this now. How can we help you? How can we help you get that goal of that four or five machines and making a factory for special feet? Is there a way that we can help? Wow, that's a beautiful blank check. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, yeah. So, but I mean, is there yes. is there any fi- form of a like a website or is there a form of something that we can get a hold of you to if somebody is really interested in in making this happen, help yes. making this happen for you? Yes, 
Okay, so um, how can we help? Wow, Gwen, um, that's a really big blank check. Okay, <laughs> so I'll give a descriptive of what I need to fill up the workshop, and then I'll give the information of the website. Sure. I mean, right uh, now you're gonna have you're gonna have hundreds of ears all over the world that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> so. If you. if you had if you had a stadium of people in front of you that you could say so if you happen to have what would you, what would you tell what would you tell them okay so um, basically we need to expand in terms of the machinery that we have because currently we are doing one machine so we need at least two more and then we need something that will help us to uh, curve the shoe last because there are some of us whose feet are not so severe. So for the shoe to be formed, we need a shoe last machine. Okay. So that's two sewing machines and a shoe last machine. Um, currently, we have someone who has given us space, at least until next year, April. So that we are covered for until next year, April. And um, wow. Um, Thank you, Gwen. Um, out. <laughs> so, and at, and at the end of the day, you would take straight up donations through, you know, a Rotary Enterprise yes. to make okay. that happen. There you go. So, um, for donations, okay, we have a website. That's it's, what I need. Where's that website? Yes. So, it's currently still under development, but I'm sure by Friday it will be working because okay. we needed to add a payment gateway and we're waiting for PayPal to approve. So the approval of PayPal came actually this morning. Um, so the website is www.clubfootsociety.org. .org. All right, everybody get that. www.clubfootsociety, correct? .org. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, anyone w- who needs to, sorry? And I was just going to say I'm going to I'm going to add that to uh the the website and I'll I'll add that to this podcast, but um that's that's this the easiest way to get a hold of you and get get people who are interested in helping with special shoes, the www.clubfootsociety.org. Is that correct? Yes. Anyone who needs to send an email, the email is info at clubfootsociety.org. Awesome. All right. Well, Anne, thank you for joining me from Kenya. Yes. Thank you for the interview. Uh, You know what? I have to say that it is amazing. I I hear stories now all the time doing this podcast about Rotarians that see a need, want to fix that need, and just start fixing it and then figure out how (laughs) later, you know? And, and, And I think this is fabulous that you live with these special feet every single day, so nobody would understand more how to help people with special feet than you do. And you are literally making the world a better place. And I thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you very much, Gwen. I appreciate the interview. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
You're very welcome. Well, I told you. Are you inspired? I mean, come on. We are all really, really, really good at pointing out a problem. Look, over there, there's a problem. Look, over there, there's a problem. Not only did Anne have a problem herself, but she found a way to fix it. And then once she found a way to fix it, she found a way to teach others how to fix it and to enjoy and embrace our special feat. And thank you so much for being a part of the show. I told you it would be inspirational, you guys. I told you it would keep you at the edge of your seat. And I thank you so much for being a part of the show and listening to the show. Please tell others about it. You know, we have such great stories. Let's get them out there. Have them download and, of course, rate their show. I'm going to go just hang out in the glow of Anne and the special feet of all the world. I'll see you next week. Until then, take care of yourself and the world around you, and we'll hear you next time on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye-bye.